Welcome to Trending in Education. Mike Palmer here. Really happy today to be rejoined by Robin Naughton as my co-host today. Robin, welcome back to the show. Hi, Mike. Very happy to be here. And we're talking about a product that our son used, but we're also talking about a broader set of products that Sphero has to offer. And we are joined today by Michelle Ackley, who is the Senior Director of Product for Sphero. Michelle, welcome to Trending in Education. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. We had a lot of fun. Thanks for sending us a a demo of the Indie product, which we were using with our four-year-old Matthew. We're not just going to talk about that, but that certainly made it relevant to us in a personal way. Sphero has been around for a while. We're going to talk about what Sphero has going on. But before we do that, we always like to get to know our guests first. Can you share with us your origin story, how you got to this point in your career? Sure. It is quite the story. It's very convoluted. Uh, it's definitely not a straight line, which is how we view learning anyway. So I, it's pretty appropriate. So I was a finance major. I worked in New York City as a financial consultant for a number of years. Realized that felt like I was on the dark side of things and really wanted to make a difference. So one day I was sitting on the subway and there's a sign that said, how would you like to be a superhero? I was like, yeah. I want to be a superhero. And it was assigned for the New York City Teaching Fellows Program, where they take professionals, they help them get their master's degree, and then go teach in New York City public schools. And a quick note on that, both Robin and I have ridden the subway and seen those ads and have at least contemplated joining the fellows. Thank you for jumping in. Yes, yes. Yeah, I made the jump. So I started teaching. I can tell you my first day in a middle school mathematics classroom was pretty eye-opening. But I taught in New York City, middle school math for a number of years, then moved to Chicago and actually taught on the South Side. Mm. I taught high school math. And, you know, it was an incredible experience and really brought me to education. Eventually, I left the classroom and started working for another ed tech company called eSpark Learning, where I was employee number five. And I helped them grow and really started learning about how important it is to have individualized learning plans for every student. Every student learns differently. Every student is unique. And then I ran across Sphero and saw what they were doing or trying to do in the education space, really trying to tackle the new problems that we're seeing in schools and also in the workforce around computer science, cybersecurity, understanding you know, how that works. And then more importantly, teaching our kids how to use those things because the jobs are changing. So that really brought me to my role at Sphero, which is developing products that help teach computational learning and computer science. Very cool. Well, first off, I I try to do this now. Thank you for your service. It's not just military service. Folks who have actually served as teachers definitely deserve our thanks. A lot of our listeners are folks who have at least dipped their toes in that pool and will probably want to get a little bit of your perspective there too, or some advice and kind of how you charted that path. The way you describe this, this could be any type of product. What's interesting about Sphero is that it's very tangible, hands-on, you know, the, the history of the product is tied to toys and play and even film. Can you share with us a little more of the story of Sphero? Yep. So Sphero has been around for a while. It started with two guys who wanted to control a ball with their phone. That was it. Yeah. How fun would that be? Pretty sure they did a lot of pranks and things and had a lot of fun with it. 
And then one day we're approached by Disney through their accelerator program and we're asked, hey, can you put a head on that ball? And out of that grew BB-8. So we did a number of years, partnered with Disney, created a number of products. However, that is not where our soul was. Our soul was around learning and fun. And we were still selling what we had called Zero at the time. It was a white ball that you Mm -hmm. could either drive around with your phone or you could program. And the programming came about is our CEO at the time really just wanted to program it himself. Mm. And that's where the original app came from. Some educators purchased this white ball. Yeah. And like, well, how does this work? How does it move? I want to know how it moves. So they would saw it open and they would try to look on the inside and they would contact our support group and say, well, how do you put it back together? Like you don't put it back together. So eventually we made a clear robotic ball so that teachers and students could learn how the inner workings, you know, operate. You know, we want everyone to be inquisitive. And it's slowly just kind of a grassroots effort. One teacher started using it and then another and then another. And we saw that we had something there. We saw the excitement in the classroom. And, you know, we ourselves knew that play was a powerful teacher, then we saw it. And we started investing more and more in the education side to make sure that we're not just making round robotic balls, which is still our number one seller. Bolt is the latest version of that white ball. It was cool back when it first hit the scene and it still (laughs) is. So you don't want to throw out your kind of signature product. But but, uh, yeah, I definitely I'm excited about the expansion as well. Yeah, we wanted to make sure that we were addressing all types of learners, whether you are a four-year-old or Mm -hmm. you are, you know, diving deeper into programming with a Raspberry Pi and learning Python. We want to make sure we're addressing everyone, but we still try to keep, you know, that round ball at heart. It is just a ball, but to a kid, it can be anything. It is not a specific character. It doesn't have to behave in a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's however, wherever your imagination takes you. Yeah, exactly. And our son has been playing with your indie product, which is designed to start a, as early as four. He now refers to it as his AI toy. He likes to tell his friends at preschool how cool his AI toy is. Robin, do you have any initial impressions based on Matthew's first experiences with the toy? Yeah, one of the things that I can say about it is that out of the box, it works pretty quickly and right away and didn't require a lot of direction to get it moving and active. I think that's definitely a great thing, especially for a four-year-old who's trying to open the box and trying to make use of it. It's also really interesting to see him learning how does this work what does this color mean and what direction does this go and how can i like organize and plan something like that part of me is just wondering as you are developing these stories and developing these skills what are some of the things that you think about in terms of enhancing that skill set for young learners and how does that lead into kind of security and concerns about kids using technology? It's a great question. We believe that no student is too young to learn problem solving skills and critical thinking skills. They're important for future development. At the same time, myself as a parent, I have two girls, six and eight, 
I don't want them behind a screen all the time. And there are so many apps and other things out there that teach kind of logic and programming. But that means I have to give them my phone or Mm -hmm. I have to give them a tablet. I still want them to be active. I still want them to problem solve and think outside of the box without being tied to a screen. And kind of from that is where Indy was born. How do we teach basic programming and problem solving skills without having to connect that object to something else mm-hmm. or adding in that extra step? Robin, you mentioned how easy it is to use out of the box. That is the most important thing for our youngest kids. If they can't figure it out, they're just going to go play with the box, which there is nothing wrong with that. We appreciate that. But we wanted to make sure something works right away that got them mobile as well as engaged in thinking. And that's where Indy came from. One of the first things kids learn, green means go. Place Indy on green and guess what? It goes. Where do I want it to go? That's when the problem solving comes in and they have to use those color tiles to figure out, you know, which direction does Indy go? How fast do I want it to go? What happens if it goes too fast Mm -hmm. or too slow? Or, you know, what happens when it stops and runs into a wall? So they're constantly thinking and problem solving about how they want to use this product. And, you know, half the time, I don't know about your son, but my girls are placing the tiles and they're running around. So we are integrating that physical movement component as well with the simple programming that we understand as algorithms is this than that. And Mm -hmm. learning those at the age of four is pretty incredible. Because then who knows what you're going to do at 6, 8, 12, 18. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of some ideas that are out there around, you know, especially with AI everywhere and, you know, ChatGPT, which is also why I think Matthew calls it his AI toy because he hears us talking about it. But one of the concepts that's coming up a lot is that humans have to be good at abstraction and they have to be able to kind of think like a programmer, think like a developer, kind of think with your head up as you're designing a system. And that was the thing that really did strike me where there's insights that a young learner, really any of us can reach that are almost at a metacognitive level that are really important, but probably aren't as built into like K-12 curriculum. Can you talk a little bit about how you think about that? Yeah. I mean, AI in general, I think with everything and anything that comes out on the market from a tech perspective that is growing very quickly and most of the time more quickly than a lot of us can comprehend is that we have to be flexible. Mm. We have to learn along with it and then we adjust as needed. Just as we tell our our students when they're starting the first day of school, are they going to sit where they want to? Probably not. But, you know, you learn and you're flexible. And so as more and more information comes out about AI, we are learning along with everyone else. At the same time, you know, we're dabbling. We recently put out a new activity called Bolt with ChatGPT, where students actually use ChatGPT to write a program for Bolt. Mm. Does it work? Well, you have to go try it out. And then really using those abstraction and computational thinking skills to figure out what works and what doesn't. Yeah. Same thing. You're not going to always sit where you want and expect things to work out the way you want. We have to understand that with AI and everything else that's coming out. You have to be flexible. And it's definitely one of our core competencies that we focus on here at Zero. 
Yeah. And I definitely want to bridge out of, you know, age four to like teaching high schoolers cybersecurity and doing some of the other things that I know is the full range of what you offer. But just before we leave the age group that's closest to our hearts, we just have one kid and where his parents playing with him. The form factor is interesting in that I could envision like a whole group of kids in like a, a workshop or like a science class, you know, doing some STEM stuff. And then it becomes like collaborative, probably pretty chaotic too, but collaborative and chaotic, probably in a good way. Can you describe some of like the social elements and how it works when you get it in front of kids in groups? So one of the great things in the way we designed Indeed for the classroom is we have the Indie class tab. It comes with eight Indies, but they each come with a little student carrying case. Yes. Inside that case are these tiles as well as challenge cards. Yeah. Our, our four-year-old um, looks like a Jetson going to work. It's, it's, yeah, it's Exactly. But now imagine, you know, eight different groups in a classroom with that little carrying case and trying to figure out those different challenges together. There are multiple things that each student can do, whether it's starting indie, placing the tiles, reading or looking, not reading because we avoided almost all words. Yeah. We did not want to, we wanted this to be for our youngest learners who may not be able to read yet. Mm -hmm. so looking at the challenges, figuring out where to place and collaborate. And when I walk into a classroom, you said chaotic. I expected the noise level to be out of control. You know that there is active learning going on. If kids are loud and excited and engaged, that to me is a perfect classroom, especially at that age. Mm -hmm. So what are other innovations you're tracking or other toys or products that you can Tell us about that is around the same idea and going forward. So um, you know about Endy. We've talked a little bit about Bolt as well, which we really see working well in that third through eighth grade range, really teaching, you know, introduction to programming and both computational thinking skills. We also have a few other products that mesh in there. We have our Little Bits product as well as Rover, but we, we want to make sure that we are addressing students across the K-12 market. One thing that that we've seen is, you know, we haven't been as heavily invested in high school. We see our products being used in high school, but not necessarily in the way that we'd want to see them at all times. So one thing that's big in high school is engineering, engineering classes, CTE, learning actual skills. When you look at a lot of the products on the market, as a ninth grader, you see it and you are intimidated by it. It can be a Raspberry Pi. You have this kit that has a million pieces. I have to go build a robot. Hmm. Like it is overwhelming and intimidating, especially for kids who didn't have India for. They've never really been exposed to engineering or computer science. So we believe that every student has the aptitude to be a great engineer. Mm -hmm. They just don't always have the support needed. Same thing with our teachers. They have the aptitude and the ability to teach this, but they don't necessarily have the confidence level to actually go out there and do it. So our next product that we are launching is called Blueprint. It is what we would like to say the most approachable and scalable STEM engineering and robotics tool. So it comes with modular components so that students can explore the foundational concepts of engineering, specifically starting with mechanical engineering. How do things fit together? How do things work? 
Throughout this product line, we'll be releasing more and more versions of it. We'll be adding electronic components as well as programming to it. But the idea is that you can prototype very quickly, build something, take it apart in a class period that you're not spending, you know, months and months trying to build a robot, then in the long run, it's not even accurate. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it's meant to be approachable and easy. So right now it's under a pre-sale, but it will start shipping at the end of August, beginning of September to customers. And we're really excited about that as well. Yeah, that, that's great. And then the other element, Robin touched on it before, just around, you know, privacy concerns as a parent. But then the flip side is job opportunities, skills disruptions around things like cybersecurity, data science, you know, being an AI engineer, as an example, is probably the hottest job in the world nowadays. Um, how does Firo think about that? Because I imagine there's both how you're structured is probably in some ways ahead of the curve for the future of work where you have people in those roles already. And then at the same time, you're developing the career and technical education that hopefully helps you know, high school students and younger start thinking about what might this turn into in terms of a career longer term. How do you think about that connection between what you do and then how Sphero works designing for the future? So, you know, exactly as you mentioned, there's these AI jobs, there's cybersecurity jobs, there's even just computer programming jobs that can't be filled today that, you know, get paid a ton of money, but no one has the skills to actually sell them. What we see a lot is that kids are intimidated by them. They're afraid of failure. They're afraid of the complexity that they're seeing. And so they, they don't even enter it. What we do at Sphero is we try to make all of our tools approachable and hands-on learning, whether you're four or you're 18. Mm -hmm. um, it's one thing to program a square and your sprite on your screen goes in a square versus actually seeing it happen in the real world. Yeah. We do the same thing with cybersecurity. We have a whole unit on cybersecurity that you can teach with Bolt. Where you know you're talking about transferring packets of information and things that can get really complex and high level when you just read the words that you know many of us are like, what are they talking about? But then when you actually see it physically in person, not only does it help understanding, it brings excitement into the room. I've said this, our teachers have said this, that when they bring Sphero out, it's literally the kid's best day at school. And that's what we want to keep hearing. And we want to hear it when we're talking about cybersecurity, questionably one of the least interesting topics anyone wants to talk about, but they are saying it and it, it makes us excited every day. But as you said, security concerns, right? Just across the board, every educator, every parent has concerns about that, which is why we have done some focus on cybersecurity so students understand what does it mean, you know? beyond cyberbullying. How do you protect yourself? How do you protect your information? Parents will do everything we can, but you know, it, it's up to the, the student in the long run. At the end of the day, when they're 18, it's up to them, right? Yeah. Or in some cases, 13, right? When right. they can approve certain things. So we're trying to teach them those skills at a younger age that make it a lot of fun. Yeah, you don't want a nefarious actor to hijack your bolt or your indie <laughs> right. having it do some some crazy things. And then also just to clarify, you know, the indie, it does kind of fly around the floor. Like it, it is a pretty like exciting 
kind of energetic craziness that a four-year-old really does get into. And then we're, you almost have to teach him that it's not just about making it go as fast as possible okay. and flying into the refrigerator. That's not necessarily the goal that we're trying to accomplish, but you do like, you learn a lot. And, you know, that kind of brings me to another area, which is like modeling this as a parent, modeling this as a teacher. One of the things that I really saw with both of us and Robin, I'd love to get maybe a little bit of your experience here too, but I feel like you almost have to show your kid that you don't know how this thing works and that you're kind of troubleshooting it and like, hmm, let's try. And I was really excited how much he got into the idea of, I don't know, let's try. And it seems like at a higher level, that's really what we're trying to do here. Robin, any thoughts from your side? Yeah, I, I would say that, you know, the idea that he's open to trying and open to learning because I think that's a big part of learning and a big part of education, just the ability to say, okay, let's try. I, I don't know what this is, but let's give it a shot. I think what Mike's talking about in terms of modeling, like having, you know, someone, anyone, parents, friends, whomever's playing with the toy is able to say, okay, I don't know this either. You know, I'm learning too, because I think being able to model the ability to learn is something that is important. And with the indie, it, there's just a lot of learning happening, but it's a lot of fun. He is a four-year-old that loves cars. So he was in heaven. And so seeing that and understanding that, I think that's that was really nice to see. And, and I really do think the ability to say you don't know mm -hmm. rather than I'm going to sneak off and learn anything from Right, right. Um, I'm like learning from failure and yes. like learning grit and resilience and, and those kinds of things. Any thoughts on, on that? Yes, a ton of thoughts. I think learning failure is one of the most important things you can learn and our educators should learn. We encourage it. We don't expect our educators to be experts at computer science, but you know, we want them to fail alongside the students who are learning. But I, I did hear a story once that really hit home with me is in a computer science class, a teacher noticed a pattern that the male students tended to write a program and then it wouldn't work. It would fail and they would show and they would collaborate. The teacher would walk around and see the female students and they would refuse to either show the program or they would delete it mm. because they were afraid of failure and afraid that like it wasn't perfect. And that was the expectation. Mm. And that it's really important to me as a parent of two girls and being a female myself in a tech field that we recognize that failure is important. And that is one of the best ways of learning which is why we want to see kids running indie into the wall, right? That it's okay. It missed the card. Not a big deal. Yeah. They run into the wall and then embracing it and being excited about it and learning from it, which is why we wanted to create a product for our youngest students. So when that four-year-old girl ends up being in high school, she isn't afraid to fail or write the wrong program that we can learn from it and collaborate together to make it e even better. You know, you said something that's really interesting in particular talking about girls and boys and technology and computer science. And, it, you know, it's a big issue, you know, beyond high school and into the college and into industry. Women in STEM, your yeah. thoughts on women in STEM and doing these kinds of products. So when I talked about Blueprint, I talked about 
that students have the aptitude, but not necessarily the confidence. And unfortunately, we see that more in women than we do in men. And so that is something that we are trying to really focus in on is we know that women, men, doesn't matter, color, doesn't matter, that we have the aptitude to be really successful. Now we need to ingrain the confidence in all of our users. So when we design a product, usability is one of the most important things and approachability to make sure that I feel confident that I can do this and that I can learn from it. And that's really what spawned both Blueprint and Indie, the two very opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of what we're building. But that approachability and ease of use is critical to getting, you know, young women and people of color into the field of STEM because they think it's not for them, Mm -hmm. which is completely wrong. And we want to make sure that they know it is for them and that it's okay to fail. And look at this easy, fun tool to use, right? And then that way, hopefully they will gain that confidence to go into the STEM world, you know, like us. Yeah. I I wish I had more things with stickers that I could put on my products as well, because the the boy really did enjoy that element to it as well. There are nice touches. I guess when you come out of like toy design, there are touches that are specifically just to be fun, playful, joyous, which is a good reminder for those of us in education, like don't withhold the joy. If you can build it in, you know, you know, build it in. And then Michelle, I mentioned at the top, I'd love to hear any advice or recommendations you might have to folks in education, maybe teachers, you know, or or even folks in finance, you know, to your point, you know, your story, I, I think is not unique in that all of us are kind of on circuitous paths, but do you have any advice or suggestions for folks if they're thinking about charting a career in education and technology and some of the spaces you've worked in? Try. Give it a try. You never know. The worst thing that's going to happen is it doesn't work out and you find something else. Yeah. I mean, that's what I, I try to hit home in my house is there's nothing wrong with trying. If you're interested, pick it up, go for it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's only a small amount of time. And that's what I did, right? I thought I wanted to be a big investment banker, which is funny now. And then I went into the classroom for another a number of years. And then I did something else. Was it easy? No, but I wouldn't be here today if I didn't try. And that's all I can encourage. And I definitely encourage educators to try new things with their students in the classroom. And again, it's okay to fail. I think that's the most important lesson. Yeah. And it's also a reminder, you know, it's something I know we both talk about, Robin, is like, don't ask a kid what they're going to be when they grow up, because just like you, Michelle, they may be, hopefully, if if things go right, honestly, it's not a bad story. Like you actually can inhabit a few different careers. You know, we're going to be living longer and longer. It's a, Mm -hmm. it's kind of a different way to frame everything. Robin, do you have any closing questions or thoughts for Michelle before we wrap up here? This has been great. It was very nice meeting you and just learning about what you're trying to do. And I think in terms of closing thoughts, my last question would be, where do you see this going? If you can project so far into the future and, you know, everyone is just like getting engineering at four, <laughs> but can you envision happening with us in education and learning and STEM and women and, you know, just making it all happen? 
we have really great problem solvers, right? Which is, you know, Sphero's mission. It's not to teach everyone to code. It's not to teach them the ins and outs of cybersecurity, but it really is to make them better problem solvers. And if we can ingrain that into our students at a very young age and through high school and beyond, you know, the new challenges that arise, whether it's AI or whatever is next, that they'll be able to solve those problems in a critical way. And we hope that our hands-on learning tools will help them get there. I will add to that. I am an assistant professor, web and digital services librarian. So I'm also computer science liaison to the departments here. One of the things I think coming out of college is that students have better critical thinking skills and better problem solving skills. So, you know, if we get them through from younger all the way through high school and then get into college and they decide to go to college, it will serve them very well because it's an important component to learning and growing and developing. Good stuff. Any closing remarks, Michelle, as we wrap up here? Definitely go check out our other products on Sphero.com and see what we have to offer and how we can, you know, help students be their best selves. Amazing. Michelle Ackley is the Senior Director of Product at Sphero. We'll include links to everything we talked about in the show notes. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Awesome. And thanks again, Robin, for rejoining me as, you know, as a co-host. And thank you. And thanks as always to our listeners for joining us today. We appreciate you and thank you for your time. If you like what you're hearing, please write us a review, share the good word, do all the right things. We'll be back again soon. This is Trending in Education. <laughs>